Welcome to episode 36, Haunted House and Spooky Tricks, a story mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of storymodegaming.com, brought to you by Fan Critical. I'm your ghost host, Jesse Munro, and tonight, tonight, spookily, Halloween specially, I am joined by Killer Simpson. Uh, Not too bad. Uh, uh, Simon the Spectre, Evans. Yeah, that's quite cool. Ooh. Josh the Ripper, Cotter. <laughs> and law run for your lives mclean my knees are bad i can't do that i thought you were gonna rhyme six <laughs> with scariest dicks as well, of and all. i was like well here it comes and then you did no, 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 i, I, I took i took the high road here i avoided <laughs> the um rhyming six with dicks because i'm gonna say that for episode 46 56 66 76 oh, good. and <laughs> so on until infinity I'm so um, glad I spoiled that for everyone. We appreciate your oh, no, restraint. It's fine. <laughs> Wait till we get to episode 69. Oh, boy. This <laughs> is going to be nice. Sexiest <laughs> games ever. Nice. It's, that's it. That's going to be the whole podcast. It's just nice. Nice. We're going to be talking about nice games. <laughs> um, but this episode isn't about 69ing. <laughs> Fuck, it may get to the point considering the last few episodes we've done. Who knows? This episode is about... Halloween, the spookiest time of year. The ghost Christmas, they call it. Easter for goblins. Uh, the, the, the ghouls day. This is Halloween. Actually, no, it's it's about a week out from Halloween, but we're going to release this on a few days out, and then maybe you'll listen to it on Halloween. I don't fucking know. How do you record a podcast for a particular day? Just listen to this whenever you want. You could be listening to this after Halloween. And if so, this applies to next Halloween. Also, it's 2020. Every day is fucking Halloween now. Yeah, everything's <laughs> a nightmare. Every time you check Twitter. Guys, how do we feel about Halloween? Love it. I love it. I've I, I come around to it. I'm a big fan. Same. I hate the whole, like, it's American. Well, for one, it's not. For two, that was two, me, shut though. up. That was me for a while growing up because I hated when the little kids used to come to my door back in, like, 2011. And I was, you like, no 18. Heart. And I'm like, listen, now- little children, I never got to do this. Why do you get to do it, little bastards? But now I'm See, like, is- please come to my house so I can give you candy. But this year is probably the time for that. You can do it anyway. Just because you're an adult doesn't mean you can't go trick-or-treating. Brown just, upon. Uh, yeah, yeah, Public yeah, I don't service think announcement. Also, right? just, don't think that's up, true, like, so. For one, don't trick-or-treat this year because you'll get sick and die. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Not in WA. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. You'll get, I don't know, what is W? I don't know. Fuck, Clive Palmer will chase me out of WA. <laughs> he roams the street hallo- oh, every Halloween. Come on, right, look at Clive Palmer. There's no way he's chasing anything unless it's a fucking Big Mac on legs. <laughs> Cop that, dickhead. He's got dinosaurs, um, doesn't he? He wanted to have a dinosaur park. He was going to make a Jurassic Park 2 and a Titanic 2, but he, he literally, no, Titanic 2, already a film. Yeah. It was on the Sci Fi channel, and it, it, it's, Jack it's, is it's back. a lot. <laughs> Jackie's back. <laughs> oh my god, that, that would be, that would be a great. great horror movie. No, nah, I, I watched it once, and <laughs> holy shit, we we got off the rails for Halloween real quickly because Titanic two. Um, but yeah, in, in the film, you actually see like the rescue operation happen as well. It's happening in like 2010. There's a lot of titties in it. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a, a lot. lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, Titanic two. It's a lot. <laughs> the sequel to Titanic is Ghost Ship. Oh, Bring it yeah. film. Bring it I love that movie. movie. I've only seen the first few uh, minutes when the the cable cuts everyone in half, and I'm like, okay, cool, film of the year. 
That's that's yeah, the basically. That that is. When did that's like Shawshank Redemption, but they cut to the fucking point. Okay, <laughs> great, <laughs> just greatness. Cinematic. Maybe we could do like a whole episode on ghost ships. Best ghost ship in game. Yeah. Sea of Thieves. Next question. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. I'm, so, oh, Black Flag the, has one. The Dark Pictures anthology, Man of Medan, is set on a ghost ship. Okay, Absolutely. there's a lot more ghost ships in video game than I expected. I mean, there's also We're gonna have four a different real... ghost ships, which I'm not getting into. I can't think of a single one, so we're doing all right. Uh, we're going to have a real... Oh, there's also that, like, um, the, like, haunted anchor Pokemon. Yeah, let's not talk about that. A- a- Ankersley or something? I don't fucking know what his name is. Whatever his name Steve, is. Steve, Roger, whatever. But, okay, cool. I was going to say, like... Josh, silly Josh. There aren't enough video game ghost ships to do that. I'm, I'm wrong. We can do a real niche podcast. <laughs> I've come prepared. <laughs> For sailors only. Okay, we're going ha- to burn onto disc and we're going to hand it out at Piers. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. God. So, like I said from the jump, we're going to cover a bit of Halloween. This year. And in every podcast, like, oh, let's, let's talk about the scariest game. Let's talk about the spookiest games. We're going to go off the path a, a tiny bit. Let's face it, we're not that original. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about our favourite games to play on Halloween. So they don't have to be the scariest, just games we really like for a particular reason. So we're going to avoid, you know, there's no Silent Hill or Resident Evil, Outlast, PT, which is the scariest game ever made. Evil Within, all that. Boulder Dash. Get it out of here, okay? We're going to go through a few games. Through some games. We suggest playing this All Hallows' Eve. And kicking us off is Keelan, with probably the, the most, like, the most horror, horror game on this list. Alien Isolation. I'd agree with that. Very much a survival horror type game. Alien Isolation is, I guess, sort of, kind of a sequel to the Alien film. It's set 15 years after the original movie, which is a classic, a fantastic film in every every regard. Real quick, um, sorry, Alien or Aliens? Alien. Interesting. 1979 Alien. Interesting. Okay. Yes. So um, this game, essentially, you play as uh, Ripley's daughter, who is mentioned in Aliens, I think, at some point in passing, where yeah. uh, Ripley's been in, like, uh, uh, cryosleep or something, and her daughter is, like, an old woman by the time she wakes up or something. You play as that daughter. Yeah, and you find out that um, there's a flight recorder that has been located, which has a recording from um, her mother. So she essentially wants to go and find out what happened, and she goes off um, in search of this flight recorder. There's a bit more detail to it, but anyway, you end up on a uh, a space station called Sevastopol, and uh, you are caught in there alongside an alien like an actual xenomorph and it stalks you and you have to run away to survive and you can't kill it it's immortal you cannot kill it you can only slightly damage it to chase it away at the very most um and it's thrilling um i I like like how sorry i like how it goes by alien rules of making one undefeatable horror exactly rather than aliens where they can be they can be taken out with swarms and stuff yeah Look, yeah. now, now let's get this very clear. Aliens is also great, but this game is based off of Alien. The so, superior um, film. 
I agree. So one of the hey. things that um, that just really sold me on this game that makes me just love being inside of the world is the design. Um, so if you remember from from the film Alien, everything looks like uh, how someone from 1979 would imagine the future to look. And there's like VHS tapes and like you know, floppy disks and like weird looking. All the monitors uh, on the ship are like ancient. Like, well, <laughs> black proper and CRT, green. black and green. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They've, yeah. Ta- they've taken like- all that design language and they've put it into the game. So it looks so authentic. It and for exists a 2014. And for a game from 2014, yeah. it's like so gorgeous <laughs> it is. like they've nailed the aesthetic so well where it's so simple so clean but just like honors the series completely it's in, it's it, incredible it's one of my favorite things like just exi- existing inside of that is pleasant mm-hmm. there's other things about the game which i guess would be unpleasant but we'll, we'll get to <laughs> N- namely the the, the, the xenomorph and the isolation <laughs> yeah that too. i wish they had um Fucking Bilbo Baggins as an android trying to shove a magazine down your throat. <laughs> That's my very specific kink. Dude, screw those androids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ugh. yeah. The, the androids are the reason the xenomorphs even exist. Oh, uh, look, let's not get into the whole, because then we have to start talking about Prometheus and, and let's, all this other yeah, shit. Let's, let's and not. then I start thinking about the money I wasted going to see all the new films in gold class because well, <laughs> surely they can't all be bad. And they then said you have- this one was going to bring it back. Then you yeah, have some right. guy fingering his own flute in one of them. I can't remember the actor's name. It's all <laughs> bad. <laughs> okay, we can agree <sighs> to disagree. I enjoyed those movies for what they were. Super weird. But anyway, fair enough. That's a fair statement. Can't <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I didn't hate Covenant. Covenant yeah. had its moments, to yeah. be fair. Prometheus it sucked my dick. Uh, I, I can see your viewpoint. I can understand that. That's that's a fair assessment to make of that film. Um, not a fair assessment, however, to make of the alien in Alien Isolation. Well there is something... What were you going to say? Well done. No, you uh, got that back I, 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 well. yeah, You oh, pulled good. that right back. That was great. Fuck it up. I mean, I can write it again. Almost instantly. <laughs> <laughs> I want my... I'm my... like the alien. I can't be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> So we the have alien to is, um, like, like I said, <laughs> immortal. You can't do anything to to damage it, and um, it essentially exists. It's it's like a physical entity inside of the game, and it has to physically move from one point of the map, essentially the environment, to another. It can't teleport, so there are no jump scares per se, because the alien has to be physically somewhere. It's got a really intelligent. Um, design around its its artificial intelligence so it sort of goes into areas and it kind of looks around it goes to points of interest and it sort of tries to find you if it hears a noise it will kind of go to that it's all quite complex and um, a little bit above my my head but it's fascinating (laughs) there's also a governing ai which exists sort of above the um the alien itself so the alien is this thing and it has to find you that's its job it looks for you it tries to kill you and then there's this director ai which essentially controls the pacing and the flow of your experience as a gamer it's all really dynamic so essentially the director ai has this meter it's um i guess it it managed it gauges your engagement with the alien itself um and when it gets too high 
it will sort of tell the alien like okay you've got to go into the vents now to give the player a chance to breathe um and then other times it will sort of hint to the alien like the player is in the this general vicinity in this area you go off and you look at it it's really interesting how it sort of balances the the um the flow there and i think that's the most important thing that makes me really like this game in that it builds a sense of dread because this thing is always out there looking for you you will have moments to breathe but it will come back and it builds the sense of dread you're like oh crap i i'm on borrowed time i never know when it's going to sort of come out and get me it's never unfair it's always it's reasonable and just if it does get you for the most part um and it reminds me of the films because it builds like the the film rather it builds a sense of dread and makes you sort of like scared for this thing when it does eventually come up and it does eventually show its face you're like oh damn that's terrifying so i really like that element of the game i love the idea of just one unkillable enemy yeah and then, uh, so i ha- i have the game and i fired it up for like 10 minutes i'm like no nope, i'm gonna piss the pants i'm out <laughs> uh, i need to get back into it i would love to play this game in vr i think it would lend itself to vr really well but i mean oh god that <laughs> would be it. that would be shit your pants terrifying yeah. like you move, be- you move one level up from pissing your pants i guess yeah like you would actually <laughs> just shit yourself straight because imagine like the second this actual life-sized xenomorph just walks directly in front of you and you're standing there in VR going uh, and then your cat rushes VR up can't. against your leg <laughs> yeah uh, oh my god and the cat, goes, cat goes out the window uh, no. the cat like What's breaks it? a window at the same time and just- <laughs> we are so close from just stealing fan critical thunder here and talking about Alien the film we kind of are on board <laughs> but to get back I'm for it I like how this game, in my own head canon, this game is a prequel to Among Us. This is a canon prequel okay. to Among Us. Actually, S- same shit. Sure. Yeah, now Among that you Us, that, Among Us is Alien meets the Thing in space. Like, yeah, that's what I'm, Among I'm, Us is. I'm picking up what you're putting down there. So, I mean, a lot of people are playing Among Us at the moment. If you like that. And, if you like that, not just because of the social aspect for it, which I know is a lot of big thing for a lot of people, but you like it for that sort of mystery and tension, uh, Alien Isolation is a really good shout. If you want to piss your pants, it's Halloween. I think it's on Game Pass too, so... Hey, Game Pass. Both. Thanks, Milky Spencer. Well, speaking of isolation, in a way that I'll get to in a moment, my game, my favorite game to play on Halloween, game I actually pl- replayed today, is Playdead's Inside. Now, Inside is like a little small, it's like a three and a half hour long game, kind of in the same vein as Limbo. It's, it, you know, maybe it's in the same universe as Limbo. Who the fuck knows? Um, but like Limbo, you play as a young boy. Um, it's a side scroller. And in this one, you're exploring some sort of like future, maybe Factory. dystopia. <laughs> Um, you start the game coming out from coming out from a bush, and you're being chased immediately. You're being chased. The whole game. The whole game is basically go right to your, go to the right side of your screen and keep going fast because you're constantly being chased. You start off being chased by yeah some sort of security. They see you. They put a bullet in you. There's no fucking around. They see you. They put a bullet in you. Game over. Go back to your checkpoint. Their dogs come after you. They they'll they'll get you. Um. 
so you go through there, you go through like a forest, then a farm, then a town, and the town and the farm is where it starts to get a little bit, a little bit kooky. You start to think people were more drones, they're sort of zombified for servitude. Um, going through town while being monitored by big machines, by other groups of people who are sort of testing out their uh, susceptibility to orders and stuff like that. Um, now, mind you, there's no dialogue in this game. There's very little in the way of music, which I'll get to sound design in the game in, the game in a moment, because holy shit. But something gets really weird when you get to a pod and you start going, you go underwater and you find a a base of sort, like a, a facility, something. And so it starts to get a little bit weird. You find there are a lot of experiments going on. Uh, it's probably safe to assume that the zombie people are parts of that experiment. Nothing's answered here. It, it, whereas Limbo makes you question a lot of things, but gives you a few answers, this game gives you nothing. And that's one of the things that makes me feel really uncomfortable with this game and why I like it so much. So when you get to the dome, stuff starts start to get a little bit weird. You start finding areas that have like anti-gravity. So the water is up on the ceiling and you have bodies floating in it. So as he swims through it, they're suspended. Like in the middle of your screen, you see these bodies, they twitch sometimes. Some of them are in bags. And That's they twitch a little creepy. bit. And it's fucked. It's fucked. It's the only way I can describe that. <laughs> um, you have these little girl sirens who will follow you in your little submarine pod. They'll follow you. And unless you turn around and scare them off with your light, they will come in and they'll decompress your submarine and your head will pop. <laughs> um, that was the hardest part for me. Yeah, and you keep descending. So all the way, yeah, yeah, there's a one, I know the exact part you talk about. It's the hardest thing ever in a game. <laughs> Just purely because of the mental stress it puts you under. Mm. Every time that you can outrun a siren or, or a dog or something like that, the game is designed that you just escape. Like, your heart is in your throat when you escape. So, on the way here to this point, and going forward, it's all just platforming and puzzles. A big part of those puzzles is those zombified people that I mentioned. You can find these helmets. Um, they're normally suspended from the ceiling. And when you jump into it, it pops into your head and you can control them. Um, which I'll get to in a moment because it, it, it may play a big part in the overall story. I don't have any fucking clue. So you keep going and then you get to the inner facility. Now, just heads up from this point on, there's gonna be, I'm, I'm going to spoil the game. Like I said, it's three and a half hours long. And because of how few answers you get for this game, I don't actually think this spoils that much. But if you're worried about that, go play it. The real fun is kind of piecing it together, right? That's what I get. Exactly. Yeah. So at one point, you, as this little boy, jump up to a ladder to try and get to the next area. Ladder breaks, you fall into the water, and you, you, you're drowned by a siren. She pulls you down. And you don't restart here. She drags you down, and then she implants you with like a glowing yellow device thing, kind of similar to those helmets that were controlling the other zombie people before. Maybe that comes up later. Who knows? And you get brought back to life. Now you can swim underwater without losing your breath and you control the other humanoids without using that helmet. Getting forward, you break in the facility and then you suddenly are not being chased anymore. People are just fine with you being there. And you keep getting to the right of the screen until you get to an aquarium. And there's a bunch of scientists huddled around this aquarium. 
staring into it, there's almost like a uh, a little bit of a, a trick here where you think you're being chased by security in a cart, but then they get to the aquarium, they just drop out of the cart, and they come watch with you. So all the people watching, and what they're seeing in this aquarium is something called the Huddle. Kind of think of the Rat King from Last of Us <laughs> Two, but more like pizza dough. <laughs> it's this big doughy blob with arms and body parts and just it's this grotesque wet fleshy beautiful yeah. oh, you, you, I mean I'll give it a give it a crack but Meat Lovers Pizza has taken on a new meaning <laughs> ooh <laughs> uh, yeah this this thing it's called, it's called the huddle it is it's fucked it's awful um, but for some reason, you keep going forward, you break into the aquarium, and you start swimming around with it. And this thing is, t- is sort of tethered in place with those same helmets that are controlling people. So you tear them off, and rather than thanking you, the huddle grabs you and absorbs you. You never see the little boy again. As far as you know, he's dead. Or he's part of the huddle. Or he was always part of the huddle. Sorry, I'm falling into, I'm falling into my yeah. sort of my own mind here because of this game. <laughs> then you take over the huddle you start playing as it you break into the aquarium start squishing bad scientists you kill the CEO or the boss or whatever you want to call them but as you're young as well some scientists also age you hmm mystery there you escape the facility um, you roll down a hill you fall a fair distance you roll down a hill and then you sort of it's assumed a maybe that you die <laughs> die at the ocean <laughs> Dough for everyone. Um, you sort of die on the shore as the sun sets. Mm. Now, God, I don't Jesse, know what any of this. Th- that just gave me chills, man. I'm thinking back to my playthrough of that game. Just chills, I, dude. I took that as the huddle. I didn't know it was called the huddle. I don't know why. I thought it was just blob to me. Was always <laughs> controlling you and it was calling you back to it. Well, that's what I took it as. The yeah, whole, like well, once I kind of finished, I was like, because when you get to the to the glass, you can't see over all the adults. You can't see what they're looking at really. And but then you, you know what's of, in there. Yeah, you like there's something in there, and obviously you playing as a character, you've always got to go right. You've always got to move to the side. So you kind of like climb over everything, climb over scaffolding, escape some people trying to stop you really to get a better look, and then you fall into it. Then it absorbs you, and then you are the huddle, and it's just like, well, fuck, it was trying to get me the whole time, wasn't it? Like <laughs> calling so, you back to it to absorb it into its mass. And then have what a, a list of sort of crazed thoughts I had when I, fir- when I finished the game this time. Now, the first time I ever played the game, it was on um, Game Pass. I, I hope it still is. If it is, grab it. If not. It is. Oh, I think it is. I think it may no longer be there. But if it's not, it'll only be a couple of bucks. So either way, fucking play this game. Um, yeah, it was free in Game Pass one day. I started playing. I'm like, hey, I like Limbo. Why not? I'll give this a go. Play dead. Great game comedy. Good work. <laughs> um, sat down and started playing it. I played all in one session. And my partner my partner was doing something. And then she sort of just sat down and watched me play. And we were silent throughout the whole thing. We, just, we couldn't say a word. So, yeah, I, I've listed down a few of my possible thoughts on the, on the whole game so the whole thing yeah am i being controlled am i being controlled by the huddle am i the controller like me am i the bad guy like the player because i'm controlling the kid and a big part of the game is that control is bad because you see what is assumed to be the upper class enslaving and mind controlling the lower class for their own servience did the huddle call me was i part of the huddle did the siren 
when she, when I die and she links me up to that yellow thing, is that linking me to the huddle? If so, why did I get to that point? What drove me to that point only to then be controlled? The big one is, did I ever escape? So at the end, you um, when you fall onto the beach and stuff like that, before that, it is, you see a sort of a diorama off that same beach. You see fake trees, fake rocks, all these sort of fake things that imply maybe that's not real. What just happened? Um, why did the scientists help me at the end? Some of them throw you boxes and stuff when you're the huddle. Like, what are they doing? Um, are they in on it? Why did I get something chased towards in the aquarium? But there's another layer to all this. Have you guys played the secret ending? Mm-hmm. Nope. No. I've okay. heard of it. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw you on the bus if you haven't heard of it because it's 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 fucked. So is, throughout yeah, the facility makes it very interesting. There are extra little um devices that you can disarm or turn off or whatever it is. And they activate a trap door in the farm area, which is really early on during a second playthrough. You go down, there's a levy that you have to do in a specific order, blah, blah, blah. And you go to a room underground. And in the distance, you see one of those same helmets, but there's nobody there. You see one of those helmets. You see a lot of wires hooked up to it. It looks like a, it's a very important sort of helmet. And there's a bunch of security cam- um, TVs sorry, around it. And then you walk to the end of the room there's a big there's a power plug and you pull it out. The moment you pull it out, all the lights go off, all the TVs turn off, you hear everything power down, and then the boy goes limp. Ugh. Like like the zombified people. Ooh. So was somebody there controlling him the whole time? Am I the person? It was you, Jesse. Yeah. It was you. Well that's the thing. Did you just yeah. unplug your Xbox? No. <laughs> I didn't save my games. Now what I like about this game, it, it does something for me. I, I don't, I don't even know how. It, it's very atmospheric. It's horror, kind of like a, it's like a bureaucratic horror, kind of like Control. I think there's a very similar sort of tension between those games, those two games that they they share, which makes me like them both. Like the isolation and the paranoia and the fear. To me, with this game at least, it comes down to to sound mainly. Um. I don't think I've ever had sound in a game sort of like viscerally impact me so much. There's one point where you're... It's going to sound really weird. There's a very distinct vibe that a beach has at night. Spooky. I don't know if anyone... It, yeah, it's kind, of, it, it's kind of unsettling because of... Yeah, the, it is, yeah. Some of the cold yeah. resonating off the sand. It's a and very distinct feeling. You can't see where like the waves break sometimes and you're like yeah, how but far you can away hear might be the them. water. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. There is a like moment a- in the game where it recreates that perfectly. Mm. And it, you, you step onto the, the, the shore of the facility and it's underwater. So you're in this dome or something like that. And almost like you, you feel the pressure of being that far underwater. Mm. And you feel that cold coming off the sand, but you're, you're playing a game. And I don't know, if that just, it, Got me so hard. Not so hard. Yeah, that's, it did. <laughs> yeah, I fucked myself up. No, I made it about <laughs> sex. <laughs> that's why it's called Inside. Um, <laughs> that's a child, Jesse. <laughs> God damn it. Oh. No, I'm just talking about the huddle. Okay. There might be a child in there as well. Well, so. <laughs> get him out and it's then we'll talk. to interpretation. 
Yeah, depending exactly. on the ending, right? Exactly. Um, a lot of it came down to, to sound design. It's a very minimalistic sort of synth soundtrack and very droning. Um, and one of the creepiest things is it has like a heartbeat in it. Ugh. That's a little mm. bit faster than your heartbeat. Mm. And I, I play with headphones on and you hear it and it almost convinces you that your heartbeat is going that fast. So it convinces you that you were more scared than you are. That's clever. It's very effective sound design. So the guy did the um, sound design, his name is Martin Stig Anderson. He's the composer and sound designer for the game. And I was reading up about how he created this very distinct effect. All sounds of the game are recorded through a human skull. Mm-hmm. He played Yo. everything through a skull. That's the fuck. reason he wanted to do it. He says every game he's ever recorded on, he wants to try to do something different that really lends itself to the game. Inside is meant to be very isolated. And you know when you talk, like I sound a lot different to myself because the sound resonates through my own skull and goes to my eardrums differently than when it comes out. So to you guys, I sound like a, a clown with a lisp. To me, I sound like a goddamn action hero. A bit <laughs> with a lisp. <laughs> with a lisp as well. Uh, God damn it. Um, he wanted to recreate that feeling, that feeling of isolation. Like It is just you. This, this is all happening in your own head. So he wanted to see what sort of vibration and reverberation do you get playing it through a human skull. And one of the creepiest things about it, he was saying that earlier on in the game, with all the sounds that he recorded, you can hear a slight chatter. It's the teeth chattering against each other. Mm. But because so much sound, so much design, sound design stuff was, was done, um, eventually the teeth fall out. And it, oh. creates more of an, it creates more of an echo in the skull. <laughs> so the sound changes towards the end really effectively. <laughs> Fuck. It, it, so and where clever. did he acquire this skull? Yeah, that's what I'm curious <laughs> yeah, well, about. Ethically, well, we'll see. Okay, his, his name his name was Frank, and he you know, he didn't pull his weight in the studio. Um, <laughs> but also, just stopping on sound really quickly. There's an area with like in the in the facility because they're doing a bunch of yeah different experiments like the anti gravity and stuff like that. There's like a, a shockwave area where they're testing like a sound weapon or or, or something. Hmm. But it's a massive like. Um, speaker or whatever that's shooting at these shockwaves and you have to run and sort of hide behind these metal bits something from a blowing way it's like a hurricane force of wind coming at you but the whole game has been very 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 minimal up to that point and then you get to an area where you it goes off like a gunshot every time it goes off and then all the sound sucks back in and it does it again it is done so effectively it is unnerving and it, it, it's scary because you haven't heard that yet it's a completely new set of sort of like audio it's, rules happening. Yeah. It's almost kind of like putting on your headphones and then slapping on noise cancelling headphones and then taking yeah. them off and slapping on noise cancelling headphones. Yeah. Like it's, oh. it, it just like sucks out all the kind of sound. Yeah. Sucking out the sound is a very good way to describe it. I know this is a slight, like slightly weird tangent here, but do you guys use any noise cancelling headphones? Yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> Unfortunately. You used to. Okay. Because I, I've, started using them like for the past sort of year almost i've been using them as my sort of general pair for listen to music and stuff and blah 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 but there it's weird because there is definitely a pressure on mm. your ears yeah. from the noise cancelling and it, you can absolutely feel the difference because when i turn them off and i've still got the headphones on i've just turned them off they're exactly the same position it just suddenly loosens up and it's like what the fuck yeah it just, like, it's, like, it's like a tension that breaks when you take them off yeah, like it does. It Absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I, I know precisely what you're on about. Like, it's, that's actually a really, really accurate description for that. It, yeah, I think 
the, the game itself is, is crazy good. The puzzles are really, really clever. Um, they remind me a lot of like almost like a side-scrolling portal at times, especially towards the end. With especially the, when you get that portal gun. Oh yeah, when you've got the portal gun, <laughs> and then um, Gladys comes along, yeah. talking to you, <laughs> yeah. and There's then you realize you realize you blacked out and played because I'm playing Portal Two, and I was like, oh shit, I am okay, inside the game. Um, yeah, so it's like a typical horror, scary game, but fuck, is it anxiety-inducing? I'm already an- anxious about everything. That sounds incredible. Why did intense. I make myself play it again today? <laughs> Ugh. I'm no, an but yourself. Let's move on to a slightly, a slightly happier game. Lawn, night in no. the woods. <laughs> Not really. It's something different though. Something more colourful. Night in the woods. Tell us about night in the woods. Colourful. All right. So, like I said earlier, um, Halloween hasn't really been my thing, apart from, you know, playing spooky games every now and again. Um, so I haven't really, when you said Halloween, or games to play on Halloween, it was kind of tough to think of one that wasn't like just a horror game, you know, just to play for the vibes like, you know, Resident Evil 7 or stuff like that. Um, however, I have been recently playing Night in the Woods on Game Pass because it just came to Game Pass. I played yeah. it previously when it came out in 2017 on PC, playing it again and like vibes, just vibes, man. Full vibes. Just, I, I wish we had Halloween in autumn. Like, I wish. That's the one thing that, like, America has, apart from, I guess, white Christmases, you Northern Hemisphere people. Simon, damn you. Ah. <laughs> Bring it down here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, vibes. So, anyway, Night in the Woods is a lovely little kind of uh, platforming narrative adventure where you play as May Borows- Borowski, who is uh, – Anthropomorphic, is that the word to say? Yeah. She's a cat. She's a cat. <laughs> She's a cat. She's a cat. She's a, uh, a cool 20-year-old university dropout bass-playing cat who um, dropped me. out of university and has moved back to her Rust Belt town, hometown Possum Springs, where nothing happens, there are no jobs, everyone hates it, but no one can move away. Um Everyone's broke and hates their lives, but, you know, it's a little town. It used to be a mining town. The mine's no longer there, and now everyone's just kind of like, well, we're stuck here. Um, and so she's – you're kind of playing along at uh, during the middle of, of autumn, just before Halloween, and just kind of playing through this game and going and finding your friends and going kind of finding a sense of belonging as you've, you've come back to town and everyone's like, why would you drop out? And she's like, just, you know – Things didn't work out. Just let's just not talk about it now. Let's talk about it later. Um, and kind of going back and finding all the friends she left behind at the end of high school who have all the same age but maturity-wise have had to, like, grow up in this town that nothing ever happens. And she got to go away to a university town. She's come back and she's as immature as ever, basically. Um but if we're getting into spoiler territory then, uh, basically the town is freaky. Things happen. Um, people have gone missing in the past, delinquents. Uh, for some reason you kind of, this whole thought of, well, if this town is so awful, like if all these buildings and businesses keep going under, how are people still living here and how are they still got jobs? How are they still, how is the town running? It's kind of like, a, a, I guess, a town where, 
the highway used to go through it. Now it no longer does. So no one kind of stops off. Um, Just like radiator springs from cars. Exactly. But possum springs <laughs> from Night in the Woods. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of a- as you go through, you know, you're, you're doing band practice with your friends, with uh, your friend Greg, who rules, okay, and uh, he is a fox. And his boyfriend Angus, who's a bear, and your friend, but kind uh, of not friend, I see. yeah, <laughs> who is um, <laughs> nice. He's cuddly, so all right. Nose. Listen, he's cuddly. He's cuddly. That's it's the so on the nose. I love it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And you kind of oh, you love this one. Bit of a snappy friend, B Beatrice. She's a uh, crocodile. Uh, so- <laughs> I thought she was going to be a bee. To be fair, <laughs> bee, Beatrice. Bee, I'm like, oh, she's a bee. Yeah, a little close, you know. Um, yeah, so uh, you're kind of going through, and, and autumn's kind of going, going, playing through, and uh, it's getting colder. It's getting, it's getting more Halloweeny, and then some kidnappings start to happen. And May, her, I guess, mental state starts to deteriorate. And you kind of are getting a sense, like you're hearing things like apparently she almost killed a guy, bludgeoned someone to death in high school. And oh, it's an shit. issue that she's had. People know about it. People talk about it, but she doesn't talk about it, you know. And and um, everyone in town is just depressed. And everyone, like your friends, like B, she can't, she's, she hates you for, for going to university because she can't because after a mum passed, she had to take over the shop because her dad had a mental breakdown and couldn't run the shop anymore. So, like, she's kind of stuck in town. And, yeah, just just all this all this fun stuff. And eventually kind of May's like, I need to figure out what's going on in this town or else I am going to die uh, because there are ghosts chasing me. <laughs> and um, there's just all this crazy shit going on. And eventually, eventually she discovers kind of like... <laughs> Think of it kind of like the hot fuzz storyline. She kind of great finds a cult good. of old dudes. Yeah. Greater, the great or good? Cult, a cult of good. old dudes who like to saying that. feed delinquents <laughs> to this underground god. Keep the town oh. alive. <laughs> that, that took a second turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does that. Um, You've got me now. Exactly. I've got you and I finished the story, so you're welcome. (laughs) You know what it reminds me of? Have you guys um, heard of a podcast called Welcome to Night Vale? No. No. Don't say I have. It's like a radio play. It's really good. It's a radio play of um, from like same sort of like Rust Belt sort of town that is just very strange. Like strange things happen and then it becomes it just becomes the norm. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a whole thing of just like the devil lives there sometimes. Like is it hell? It could be purgatory. It's all these sort of things. It reminds me of that mix with Bojack, where <laughs> Bojack can have be really kind of like fun, but then you start to peel back layers, and it looks like the art style in this game is very like sort of like paper cutouts almost. It's mm-hmm. really it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kind of like Bojack. It's the storylines don't always match up with the art style. Yeah, and in Bojack, you start to peel away layers. It's like, whoa, these are really complex, damaged characters. Mm-hmm. And there's a yeah. lot darker things. Like it's really an exploration of the characters and their mindset than uh, sort of the outside influences. This game sounds amazing. Yeah, mm. no, it's it's really good. It's um, it's it's one of the it's so it's a platformer. They describe it as a platformer, but definitely narrative based. You can um, you've, you you kind of go between your friend Greg and B, who you can choose to um, 
uh, every day after the end of the day, you can choose to kind of go with them and have like a little adventure with them. And that kind of grows your friendship meter with each of them. And that kind of, it doesn't change the ending, but it changes your relationship with that character. Um, like they might be a little less colder to you or, you know, they, they, you connect with them a lot more. You tell them, you express your feelings to them rather than the other one. And that kind of changes I guess all, it changes how you see the characters, like how you play them, obviously. It's like, like a coloring book. Open up- yeah, it like colors yeah, it indifferently. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't change yeah. the overall image, but, you know, it'll change the way you feel about it and the people you warm up mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just kind of the the vibes that it has coming home to a town at the, the brink of Halloween with, like, they got jack-o'-lanterns up, all the leaves are falling, there are squirrels and all this kind of stuff running around, which is really weird because they're animals, but there are animals. And there's feral cats you know? as well, but you are a cat oh, you are a cat <laughs> but people own cats and they have them in their like eh. doesn't that happen in the film cats as well like oh they're talking mm-hmm. cats and they start singing sorry guys i downloaded um uh, amazon prime this week just watch borat 2 which is really good i saw cats <laughs> on it i'm gonna get so drunk on halloween and watch cats <laughs> holy shit it's the it. best it's lovely See, I think yeah. something, one of the things a bit of a shame about this game is I, I've seen this around for, for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Lauren and Josh, you guys have been talking this game up for a long time. I never knew about the the dark turn and then the supernatural turn. Yeah. So when you judge a game on face value, it's sure, cool, fine. Not my thing. But then when you find out, it, it, it's that dark turn in, in mm-hmm. the middle. Mm-hmm. That gets me really, yeah. well, really it's, into it's it. It's a lot like Inside, where the entire game is very much up to your interpretation. Um, a lot of yeah. there's weird leaps in logic and strange things are happening. It's all it gets very uncomfortable at times. Um, but at the end, it's kind of like left up to you to interpret why exactly the town is yeah. the way it is. And there's tons of miserable like dialogue and characters and strange coincidences. And uh, it's it's a very fascinating little game that like. Even on repeat playthroughs, not just hanging out with different people, but um, exploring the town and just, you know, finding different things. It's a quirky, mm-hmm. sad little game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there a hot fuzz option where at the end of the game you go oh. in completely loaded with weapons <laughs> Fuck off, and you grasshopper. Just shoot everyone? Are <laughs> <laughs> farmer and mum of the gun? Like who? Farmers? Who else? Their mum? <laughs> What if you want to be film. a big cop in a little town, fuck off up the model village. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best lines in cinematic history ever. Goddamn Hot Fuzz is good. One of my so favourite movies. It's oh. so good. Perfect movie. Yeah, so Brilliant. like, if, if you're looking for vibes, you know, like like I said, it's it's definitely got the creepy, like, there are people following you. Is it all in May's head? Like, you know, because you, you kind of start off and, like I said, she's kind of closed up about why she left university but there's obviously something going on and then the people talk about like hey you're the one that almost killed that that kid right and she's like oh we don't we don't talk about that anymore <laughs> oh. like, let's please not talk about that and you're like okay there's something weird and then she goes to a party and gets drunk on like one of the first nights and she just spouts out like um my when dad doesn't drink guy? anymore because now he's a danger to me and my mom when he did and it's just kind of oh, like, oh shit! Oh, there's something oh. going on in this play, and like everyone, yeah, it's just. You know what game it, I really hope? Hmm. I don't want to say I hope it goes the direction because it is a very depressing, um, kind of plot line. Um, goodbye, Dinosaur High. Mm. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get, I get a, I get a vibe mm. from that. That's oh. gonna have a really, really dark undertone. 
Wasn't yeah. it by Volcano High? That's it. That is it. I'm yeah. talking about a ri- rival school. <laughs> volcano High and Dinosaur We don't talk okay. about Volcano okay. High here. Goddamn. <laughs> Go <But> Dinos. Because no, <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking actually sort of something similar. I'm like, oh, a high, like end of high school um, sort of it's a coming of age story that, that made me think, yeah, made me think yeah. of um, Goodbye Volcano High. Yeah. So, All right, that's uh, what, when I, yeah, when I saw the trailer for that at that, was it the Sony conference? One of the, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously when you kind of have, anthropomorphic characters you know and you've played a game with anthropomorphic characters you kind of like connection but uh <laughs> yeah no so yeah if you're interested in a uh interesting little narrative adventure that goes it's, it's paced really well like you know to give you that kind of to get the kind of vibe that things aren't going to be right you find an arm very quickly and you poke <laughs> it with a stick <laughs> just an arm just on the sidewalk and you just like that's an arm. Why is there an arm there? Let's get a stick. Oh. It shouldn't is, be there. Is Rocket Raccoon running about? Going, I need that guy's arm. <laughs> well, if you look into Night in the Wood and you're like, I like it, but I wish there was more night because my favourite part of the night being being the moon. <laughs> Simon has a game for you, which has got a lot of moon content in it. Majora's Mask. A lot of mooning. A lot of mooning. <laughs> Thankfully, there isn't a lot of mooning in this game, <laughs> apart from the giant... Not of my modern, not my modern version. Oh God, please don't. <laughs> Tell us about Majora's Mask. What? What? We all know off Majora's Mask. But what yeah, I'm sure. That? I'm sure everyone's aware of Majora's Mask and is familiar with the premise. Now, this isn't a. It's um, it's an uncomfortable game. It nothing ever feels quite right, and you can resolve a lot of those uncomfortable stories or whatever but you're always limited to a three day time limit and at the end of those three days you either rewind time or you die and get a game over that's it those are your two options cool that was gonna be one of my questions i've never played majora's mask but i know there's a whole countdown to the mood moon colliding with the earth and the mood looks terrifying um i was gonna ask what happens if you don't do it in time like is it a hard time limit yeah, hard time limit. If Fuck you do yeah, not, I love if that. You, if you do not go and fight the final boss that literally lives in the moon, um, you will die. That's it. Game like, over. Game over. Start from the start. Start from the beginning. Like you, some progress is saved, as you sort of would expect Ugh. in a Zelda game. Cowards, cowards! <laughs> Make me start from the start. No, if you don't beat it, brick the game. <sighs> Jesus Christ. You haven't done it. You're a coward. Over time, you get um, the kind of tools to make the time limit not as, like, you know, awful. Yes. Or so, very early on, so you have to actually go through the first three days pretty much unaided. Um, you're stuck in the central town, which is called Clock Town, um, and you're, you're, you're stuck in there. You can't actually leave there because... Um, very like in the opening sequence you get transformed into a little Deku scrub and everyone treats you like a little child because I mean yes you are a child you're a young Link um, from Ocarina of Time but I mean you are an experienced warrior at this point because you you know murdered Ganondorf (laughs) by stabbing him in the face at the end of Ocarina of Time so you know that was a thing and so you're you're a battle hardened warrior in the body of a child Mm -hmm. and so you then get stuck into the body of a little wood child thing and people are racist (laughs) people are very racist there's a dog that hates you he will actively attack you just because you're a little deku scrub he's like the racist dog 
Yeah. Fuck this game. Picture a stick. Yeah, he, he wants to, he wants to a, play I'm with you. I'm a man! <laughs> <laughs> but you're in the body of a little wooden forest creature. You anyway. shouldn't do that. That's wrong. <laughs> um, so, yes, you have to experience essentially the first sort of three days. Um, and then on the evening of the third day, um, some story stuff happens and you can return yourself to your original form. And then you can start to go and explore the world of Termina from there. And everything about the game is slightly off. Um, the music, for example, so there's a set pattern. So the first day, the moon is quite high up in the sky. Still, you can where definitely it where it bloody should be. You know what I mean? You can, you can <laughs> like still distinctly see its face and everything, and you know it's coming close. And people are in denial. People are like, "No, there's no way this moon's going to fall. Oh, this is ridiculous. Oh, don't be such a coward." And then the second day, it always rains, and the music is slightly different and a little bit creepier. And then on the third day, the music is really creepy. There's like this really harsh, like minor chord being played underneath the main theme in town. It's beautiful. Um, oh, it's so good. And then, and then like every few hours in game, the whole world just shakes because Ooh. the moon is coming ever closer. And there is a very distinct difference between where the moon starts on the third day and where it finishes on the third day. I like can, with a lot of the games we've brought up um, in this episode, there the sense of inevitability to it. Like mm. that, there's a constant driving force. Yes, I'm a big fan of that. That's really and cool. One of my favorite, but also least favorite things at the same time is that there there's a lot of side stories and like side characters and stuff that you can interact with, and they all have their problems, and you can resolve their problems. But if you have to go back to the first day, all of your hard work is undone. You might still like keep the gift that they give you, like a mask or something. You, you keep that. And you know that's your little proof that you've done that bit. But there's this huge lover's quest. This is the most expansive side story in the whole game um, where two lovers have been separated and one of them was cursed and looks like a child. He looks like a like a young boy. Ooh. And <laughs> this is getting sketchy. Well, kind of, but like he was, you know, a grown adult man who was betrothed to this very lovely lady who actually sort of looks after you kind of early on. And um, she is te- like she's heartbroken. She's terrified. She's like, "What's happened to him? The moon's going to fall. I'm going to die, and I don't know where he is." And then he sends a letter to her. And she gets this letter from him saying, look, I'm still alive. I'm okay, but I can't see you now. And she's like, now's not the time to be fickled. Like, we are going to die. Tell me what the fuck is going on. Give me on. some final dick. <laughs> Stop <laughs> writing letters. And so you can go through this huge, like, trading quest and it all interweaves and you like eventually do, like, this heist. You, like, break into this robber's, like, this. Um, there's this thief who stole from the now child stole from the guy um and you break into his hideout you break into this thief's hideout and go and recover the object and then you run back to town and it's like literally you've got maybe about 15 minutes to get back to town before the moon falls Hmm. and you've got to run the whole way and you have to deliver the mask and as you give her the mask she's like oh my god so he is definitely here and then he walks in the door and they have this really great reunion and you're like oh this is so sweet and then if you restart the game and go back to the first day all of that's undone and they and then that's it so quick question 
do you have you, this isn't this is a side quest, right? You don't have yes. to do this. No, correct. But so then, this is what's this is what's really cool. Okay, if you do that, if you full, like completely do that side quest and then go and beat the boss without resetting time, you get a special little ending. You see their wedding. Oh, I don't want to see a woman marry a child. Mm. Does he grow, no, grow back the, to a man? The curse is lifted from him. He's no longer a child. Good, because that's <laughs> hmm, that's real sketchy. Um, wait, that's what, cute though. I like that. Shouldn't she be like, hey, my my my, my partner is gone. The moon's gonna crash, and he gave me some of that good dick. Can you help me, small blonde boy, small blonde man, whatever you are now, at this point? And he's like. Look, I'd love to. But what I could do instead of, of wasting time to do this and fix your issue, how about I go stop the moon from even crashing into town and killing us all, and then I help you? Why don't I get my priorities in order, help everyone, then help you? <laughs> like, her problem doesn't have a time limit on it. The moon does. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Plot well, that's the thing, because if you don't... if you go beat the final boss without helping them. She doesn't know what's happened to them. They haven't had half of the interactions because you literally play messenger boy. Yeah, and then take the, like the town's like, hey, yeah, you saved us from the moon. Yeah, good stuff, Link. Fucking fist bump. And then she's like, yeah, that's really good. But what happened? What happened to my, my partner? And you're like, oh, he's a little boy now. Hey, don't sweat it. I'm on it. I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got time now. Let's face and it. I've got I bomb got shoes now. They're like little bombs that are also mice. Yeah, it's sweet. I'll show yeah. you in a minute. <laughs> can you find my? Can you find my partner? Yeah, I've got these bombs now. Hold up! <laughs> Don't need that. <laughs> my wallet's huge. I just, need to find, I just need to find my partner. He looks like a little boy now. Hold up! I have. Hmm. Hmm. We're both sus now. I have bombs. Yeah. You're probably a pedophile. <laughs> now. <laughs> I like but yeah, it. so it, it's full of like this existential dread and inevitability, and nothing you do is quite permanent um, because you're always going to have to reset time. Um, you're always going to have to go right back to the very beginning, and you you actually witness a couple of characters die in front of you, oh. and that's a really that's a really at the very beginning they well. like. Yeah, kill off a character, and it's yeah. man. When I was a kid, yeah, right, right near the start. like this game, like f with me so hard. Where like I swore off <laughs> Zelda because like after Ocarina of Time and falling in love with it, it was like such a strange tonal shift. And some of the things they do where they just mm. like kill your babies, I was just like, no, like why would they do this? <laughs> yeah, this was the first Zelda game that I looked at, and I was jealous that I couldn't play it. I, I love the idea of this. The whole time limit thing. Also, that moon, the the moon face design. <laughs> I hate it. It looks like, and this is going to be something that only people, only select few '90s kids in Australia will know. Do you not remember Ian Hewitson from from um, Huey's Cooking Adventures? Yeah. <laughs> oh my he, god. He looks like him, but if he had the Joker, the Joker neurotoxin. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. But, like, that's not wrong. That is spot on. He is Huey Ian, Huey Hewitson, attacked with the, the neurotoxin, which is ironic because I remember in that show because I used to watch it when, when I had, didn't have a job. It was on at three o'clock. I used to watch it every day, learn how to cook with all the butter in the world. 
And I think he used to call his cameraman Moonface. So is that is that an Easter egg? Who knows? Oh, maybe, yeah, he is the moon. Wow. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, it's... Um, there's a couple of versions of Majora's Mask nowadays. Um, there's the Majora's Mask 3D, which was the remake for the 3DS. That is a pretty good version. It's definitely the most uh, accessible these days. But it is slightly easier. A few quests are slightly shortened, and a few um, boss mechanics are reworked slightly. Well, hell, I um, couldn't complete it. So I'm a little bitch, and I can't play the new, <laughs> the original one. Um, there's a few differences in the control scheme as well, which I really don't yeah, like, and that took me they ages to get some used parts to. Of the game for sure. Like, like swimming as a Zora is awesome on the original, like on the N64, and also on the GameCube sort of re-release of it. Um, it's it's great. Like, it's so fun. You just basically hold down this button and you swim like a fucking torpedo. <laughs> it is awesome. But then in the th- in the 3DS remake, you can only swim like that when you're using up your magic meter to do the special thing and blah, blah, blah. And it's nowhere near as fun. But yeah, um, highly, highly recommend it. It is often contested as one of the best Zelda games ever. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people do debate how good it is compared to Ocarina of Time. I know Those a lot of two- people who think it's, who say, say it's their fav- favorite, but they say it very quietly. <laughs> that I want anyone I mean, to know that it's their favourite. <laughs> like, I would probably... Go on. I was going to say, I'd personally rank it as probably number four. Oh, okay. Yeah, overall. Um, and, I mean, <laughs> look, Breath of the Wild is number one, then Ocarina of Time, then Twilight Princess, and then Majora's Mask. But those are all fucking great games in their yeah, own ways. Yeah, they're all like so. They're all different like, levels of ten. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's what you get with Zelda games. Um, uh, moving along to let's face it, a game that was a perfect ten on the PS One. Gotta give a shit what else to say. Perfect game came on the demo disc for the PlayStation because they were that proud of it. They're just like, hey, play this, and you will just you're in. You're involved with the system, Josh. Many. Evil. Take us home. Oh. Jesse, you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> dude, Medieval's a game that got me into games. Yeah, dude. It was one of the first things I ever played. I was like, hells yeah. Yeah. I can be edgy here. It's like one of the games that, um, like one of the, one of my earliest memories, uh, just because for one thing, it <laughs> scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> so it still has like a weird kind of hold over me for sure, but it's definitely one of my favorite games of all time. Um, just because I, you know, it is one of those earliest memories and it's just like a visceral fear of mine that like, I can't even like put a finger on exactly what it was probably because you play as a skeleton, but <laughs> can I guess, cause I, 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 I want to see <laughs> if we're on the same wavelength here because yes, there it's a game that isn't inherently scary, but there was one area that just made me really uncomfortable. And I wonder if it's the same for you. Dish. Was it the farm? Oh, the farm? Oh, for me, it was um the town. But the farm is a good pick. Oh, yes, the town. Oh, no. Like- oh, my God. No, wait. I take it all back. This is a horror game. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's spooky as hell. <laughs> I-, I blocked that all out. <laughs> so for those unfamiliar- Repressed uh- memories are now resurfacing for Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Traumatic. Um Medieval is a PS1 game that's been re-released multiple times. Um, it's been released on PS1, PSP, and now PS4. Um, 
It got a sequel as well that is pretty good from everything I've heard, but I've actually never touched it. Um, shakes the series up quite a bit, but um, your best bet for playing it is probably like the PS4 version. It's a pretty awesome remake. Um, and spoilers, I know we're spoiling games. Uh, if you 100% it, you get all of a certain collectible in the PS4 remake. It has like a PS1 emulator with the original game, I which love is that. just like great. That's like, cool. It's just very, very nice. Yeah. One like thing, that. like, so I was really excited for this remake. Yeah. And then I just never got around to it. I was, thinking I was playing something else at the time. I just never had time for it. But I think I'm going to make time for it. 100%. Very soon. It's, it's the perfect <laughs> but, Halloween game for me. Like, I'm, I'm planning on playing it. <laughs> around Halloween week for sure. Um, that's but not yeah, a bad idea, man. I could pick up this week. It's perfect. But, sorry, man. so it's like there was one character, there's one redesign they did, and I'm like, Ugh, I don't like that. There are zombies, and they're really thin in the original. <laughs> and in the new one, they've chunked them up. Yeah, chunky boys. Uh, I don't like the chunky boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like chunky boys. I like them. Get yeah, your yeah. bears out of here. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Medieval, Um. for those unfamiliar is a game about uh, a gallant knight sir daniel fortescue uh the king's best men um as he leads essentially the king's army into battle against the evil sorcerer zarok in the 13th century um actually did happen read your textbooks it did happen yeah. <laughs> they won't teach you this in school will they kids <laughs> <laughs> papa playstation's got you covered um so yeah uh the king's best men marched off into battle and Sir Daniel Fortescue sadly lost his life in this battle. Um, 100 years later, uh, he's resurrected from the dead to find out that he was hailed as a hero. He saved the day. You know, um, there are ballads sung about him. He is in all the textbooks. Um, But in reality, uh, Sir Dan was the first person to fall in battle and he was a coward anyway. Like, (laughs) didn't he cop an arrow arrow to the eye instantly? Instantly, just got like the first wave of arrows marching into battle, just got caught one straight in the eye and died. But all his comrades respected him so much that they kind of, you know, told these stories about him. We have just called out hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people throughout history who have been the front lines of various medieval battles, if you died in that first wave, you're a fucking punk, okay? <laughs> Punk-ass bitch. <laughs> Absolute loser. If you're a ghost, I'm not even scared if you could, <laughs> what are you going to do, die again? Cowards. So now, Sir Daniel's back from the dead. Um, he was resurrected from this dark sorcerer who survived the battle that day um, and has decided to raise an army of the dead, unknowingly bring back his greatest foe, Sir Daniel Fortescue. So now Sir Dan's back from the dead, um, hearing all these stories about how he was hailed as this great medieval hero, but, you know, him, he himself, yeah, was just a coward and he wasn't that great. Um, so now he's back to make things right and um, live up to the story, essentially. And the whole game is just, like, dripping with a kind of, like, Nightmare Before Christmas, um, Tim Burton kind of vibe, yeah. um, which is very much what mm. they were going for, of course. Um, but I think, like, it just nails it perfectly. Even down to the soundtrack just sounds like pure, like, Danny Elfman um, kind of fair. And it's just, like, cemeteries with, like, you know, neon grass and just like Sorry. glowing orange pumpkins and it's just like perfect halloween vibes and you go through like we said the haunted farms and you're going through windows oh, and stuff and i love it i want to live in that world you know and there's the um the no, stained- the skeletons 
<laughs> everyone's, everyone's got a skeleton inside of them. Well, at least most people. We do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember for some reason I remember the first half of that game very vividly. Yeah, I think because I played through it a few times, and sometimes I would get like halfway through and start again. Um, but yeah, I remember that stained glass demon. Oh, dude! Like, yeah, fuck me up. Dude. That was the first Bloodborne boss. Well, <laughs> That's it. That thing was hard. But then I remember the game. Yeah. Sort of, it doesn't fall apart towards the end. It just, it didn't click as much as the end. Because you got the ghost pirate ship. <gasps> Another ghost pirate ship. We got the That's ghost it. Pirate I wanted to mention earlier. Do you want spoilers though? <laughs> go nuts. Go nuts with the spoilers. <laughs> the game's been out for 400 years. <laughs> um, well, and then also the final Daniel's battle around. with Zarok. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh, it's fine. You're shooting crystals. It gets, it there, gets but. pretty crazy. Um, and... You're right. As a kid, it was one of those games where I remember talking to my brother about it and we're like, oh man, we'll beat it this day. Like, you know, it's huge. It's this huge game, this massive experience. Um, and then like you actually play it and it's like four hours <laughs> and it's renowned for being incredibly <laughs> oh. short. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll just come up with when excuses because it was spooky. Four hours is a very long time. <laughs> oh yeah. That, yeah, that's oh, true. Oh Lord, yeah. Um, but yeah, as the I game goes the on. Was- Thank God. Uh, you like you make your way across the land. Um, you do, yeah, all kinds of crazy things, like all kinds of Halloween tropes with like, yeah, the ghost ship. There's like a spooky um, time machine that's just like, you know, floating cogs, oh just God, like yes. in a black abyss kind of thing. Um, that was really, really cool. The hilltop mausoleum that we mentioned before with the stained glass demon where you're literally like going through the catacombs and stuff. Um, awesome vibes. And then at one point... You, there's a secret level where you get shrunk down to the size of an ant and you go inside an anthill where there's like an ant queen and it's just like a maze <laughs> and you've got to solve puzzles That's in cool. there. And it's like so weird. Holy shit. I had forgotten that up until now. <laughs> I'm literally buying the game after we finished recording. <laughs> uh, it's, holy it's, shit. You, you, guys have, you guys have actually done a really good job convincing me to Dude, look it into is this such game. a fun game. It was, yeah, it was on the, um, the, the, original ps1 demo disc so i just kept replaying the first graveyard level to the point where the sound effect you can collect runes to open doors the sound effect of collecting a rune is burnt into my brain it's a really bright little ching oh man that game is so good and yeah my favorite part with the combat it's all medieval weaponry and then you got some cool like broadswords and stuff but you can also just rip out your own arm and just beat people to death and throw it like a boomerang (laughs) and it comes back to you Oh. So, I don't know if anyone else has this, but do you sometimes remember games from your childhood, childhood and you remember something completely different? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember some reason when you beat the game, there was something you could do and you could get a double barrel shock, like a sawn of shotgun there in the game. So, in, in the sequel, which is set in Victorian London, um, there are all kinds of, yeah, but firearms. See, I know. I never played the sequel. Demo disc, baby. Maybe. You think? I don't know. Pretty sweet. I even like, just like, real bad as shit. a setting, <laughs> I think they just nailed the settings for these games as well as just like horror tropes. Um, but um, Medieval like will go down as like one of my favorite games of all time um, for the memories that I had with it, but also just the vibes. It's just like pure spooky Halloween goodness. It, um, it's fun Halloween. It's like carve a pumpkin Halloween. Yeah. Vibes. It, it, it's it. like Nightmare Before Christmas. Or yeah, you summed that up really, really nice. Mm. I never really made that Tim Burton connection, but it, it is, yeah, a t- it's if Tim Burton made Blumborn. Absolutely. It's like one of those games where one day 
I hope we get a Medieval 3 um, or they remake Medieval 2. Like, I hear this one went did sell surprisingly well um, for the budget that it had. I'm hoping they're doing, they're doing a Crash Bandicoot and Insane Trilogy did that well. They made a fourth and the fourth, which I just finished, I think is the best Crash Bandicoot the games have made. I'm hoping they do that with Medieval 3. Dude, yes, please. Else. One of my most anticipated games. <laughs> yeah. haven't, haven't even been announced yet. Imagine the ray tracing on the stained glass demon oh. on a PS5. Oh. Oh. First thing Come I'm on. playing. Come on. <laughs> You're not going to play it, your PS5, until that game gets announced and released. That's it. That's it. Staying in its done box, done. baby. Well, I think we can wrap it up there. So... Again, these are the games we suggest if you're bored on Saturday or, yeah, Saturday, whatever day it falls on for you guys. The world is different time zones and all that type of shit. That's, these are the games we would suggest playing. Alien Isolation, Inside, um, Night in the Woods, Majora's Mask, and Medieval. All games that are relatively easy to get and relatively cheap as well. Um, so also just check out Game Pass because I think a few of these games are free there. Get involved. But if you want to listen to more of our suggestions and odd jokes and hmm, somewhat sexual content, we're on Spotify and iTunes. <laughs> somewhat. So, somewhat. Subscribe somewhat. and leave us a review. Um, while you're there, check out all the fan critical podcasts. Um, they're also on all good podcasting services. They have a plethora of movie reviews and TV show reviews. So check them out. Um, you can also read up on all of the uh, the current events happening in, in uh in gaming at storymodegaming.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at storymodeoz, on Instagram at storymodegaming, and on Facebook at storymodegamingoz. Make sure you jump onto our Facebook to enter into our Spider-Man Miles Morales competition. Win yourself a copy of that bad boy for the PS5. How yeah. fucking good. Um, we're also on Patreon. Spider-Man the cat. <laughs> you can play a Spider-Cat. Spider-Man cat. Mm. Spider-Mat. If you want more quality puns like that, we're also on Patreon. Um, so chuck, chuck a couple of bucks that way and I'll stop making puns. Um, just search for Fan Critical. You get ex- access to a few extra shows and ask... Ac- God, I did the whole episode without fucking up my words. Right at the end, fell over my own feet. Great work, Jesse. You can also get access to the Discord server run by our very own Simon Evans. Jump on in. Tell them about your favorite spooky games. Tell them about other people the moon from Majora's Mask looks like. Um, like James Corden, maybe. Kind of. A little. <laughs> what? Why does he make it like... work? Yeah. I just don't like James Corden. That's right. Maybe Corden. if he was addicted to meth or something. Yeah, maybe. Like well, maybe after a really intense meth addiction, perhaps. Time will tell. Okay. Yeah. Time will yet prove <laughs> it, me correct. <laughs> it's 2020. Let's not rule anything out. That's true. All right. Well, Guys, thanks for thanks for joining us. Hope you all have a, a spooky week. Not too spooky for you. Josh, Lorne, Keelan, Simon. Thanks for joining. And thank you. Thank everyone, you. Thank you, Jesse. Everyone listening at home. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Have yourself a good week. Have yourself an enjoyable Halloween. Stay safe. Don't trick or treat. Unless you're in a place where you can trick or treat. If you can trick or treat. If you're in WA, <laughs> dress up spooky. Hey, make yourself a cool costume. Dress up like a goddamn... Clive Palmer. A Clive Palmer, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of people who look at Majora's Mask Moon, Clive Palmer, right, all these that. people need meth. One. All these people need meth, though. That Clive Palmer on meth. 
the odd way to, to close out the show. But yeah. Yeah. Everyone, thanks oh, for listening. Well. we'll catch you next week. Stay safe and play some games. Mwah! Little kiss, a little Halloween spooky kiss for all you ghosts and goblins. Bye. Great rules, Bye. okay? Boo. Bilbo Baggins as an android trying to shove a magazine down your throat. That's my very specific kink.